Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Experiencing a moral reckoning with racism and systemic injustice that has brought a new coalition of conscience to the streets of our country demanding change. Tucker, can I just say one quick thing because this is something that will serve you and your fellow um, hosts on Fox. Her name is pronounced Kama, like the punctuation mark luck. Kamala. Okay? Kamala. 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 Get it right, jerks. It's Kamala. All right? Kamala. Kamala. Not Kamala. Kamala. So today was the inaugural, the coming out party of the Biden-Harris campaign. And uh, Joe Biden went out. They were in Delaware. Joe Biden went out and gave a speech, which to me, it's interesting seemed very dark and ominous. But the media thought, of course, it was the greatest thing in the history of the war. My God, it was so inspiring. He was so presidential. I mean, this is beautiful. It's nice to see the media report something positively, you know, to see they're capable of it. But it was, uh, the, 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 the way they're uh, describing his speech, it's just, it's just, the double standard is just beautiful. You, we all know it, okay? We all know it. I just sometimes it, I just for my own edification, I need to say it to you. I know you see it too. We all see it, but it is beautiful. Man, they loved what they saw. They loved what they saw. We really saw. My God, now I can get behind it. I was some people in social media. I was literally crying. Biden spoke, then he introed Kamala. Is it Kamala or Kamala? Richard Goodstein was on Tucker last night. He. Uh, laid down a law. Tucker, can I just say one quick thing? Because this is something that will serve you and your fellow um, hosts on Fox. Her name is pronounced comma like the punctuation mark la. Kamala. Kamala. Okay. okay. We, uh, seriously, I've heard every sort of Un- 
Yeah. Okay. So what? That. That's how it is. Uh, Kamala. Richard, stand closer uh, in, to the uh, yard equipment, please. Tucker, can I just say one quick thing? Because this is of something course. that will serve you and your fellow um, hosts on Fox. Her name is pronounced comma like the... We start rolling when the weed whackers come out. Punctuation mark, la, Kamala. Okay? okay. We, uh, seriously, I've heard every sort Un- of... Okay. So what? That. That's how it is, uh, Kamala. Okay. 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 Well, but that, I think it's out of respect uh, for somebody who's going to be on the national ticket. Pronouncing her name right is actually okay. not. It's kind of a. So I'm disrespecting her by mispronouncing her name unintentionally. So it begins. You're not allowed to criticize Kamala Harris or Kamala Harris or whatever. Kamala. No, because no, no, Kamala, Kamala Harris. No, whatever. Kamala. Okay, look, I unintentionally mispronounced her name, but I love the idea that she's immune from criticism. So let me restate my question, because on this show, nobody in power is immune from criticism. Our political leaders must be held to account. That's our job. Kamala, please, Tucker, her name is Kamala. She's a a major political player now on a national ticket. Please show a little bit of respect. Now, the person on the top of that national ticket today, while introing her, used two different variations. Kamala. 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 Richard Godstein, maybe you should uh, let him know. It's not just the Fox News people who've got a problem with it. Tucker, can I just say one quick thing? Because this is something that will serve you and your fellow um, hosts on Fox. He's doing you a favor. Her name is pronounced comma like the punctuation mark la, Kamala. Okay? okay. We, uh, seriously, I've heard every sort Un- of bastardization okay. so of what? that. That's how- every sort of bastardization of the name. Every sort. I, I heard a few too today. Kamala. 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 A lot Kamala. of bastardizations happening there. Kamala. But this is, this is already, this is great to see because... What Richard Godstein is doing is what Valerie Jarrett did over the weekend, where she wrote a memo that was signed by somebody from Planned Parenthood, a lot of other very important, very powerful women, putting you on notice uh, about what you're allowed to and not allowed to say. Um, let's see. For presumptive Democrat nominee, former Obama senior advisor Valerie Jarrett and Planned Parenthood CEO Alexis McGill Johnson are among the, of course, you got three names, are among the group of influential women who sent a letter to media industry leaders on Friday urging them to avoid stereotypes when covering Biden's female uh, running mate. We're reaching out now because we are about to embark on a historic moment. Once again, having a woman on a presidential campaign ticket. While you have already done significant reporting on the process, we know you are actively prepping for coverage about the specific Democratic vice presidential nominee. Given how few women have reached this point, the sometimes disappointing coverage of the process to date and the double standards we've seen in public and in media, uh, in media expectations of women leaders over the years, and even more so for black and brown women leaders, we wanted to fully respectfully share some thoughts with you about the media's role in the scrutiny and coverage of women and the color of uh, women of color candidates in general, vice presidential candidates in particular. Then it goes on to say that you're um, you're not allowed to talk about uh, appearance or emotions or or anything else. Um, let's see. Uh, the example includes reporting on a woman's ambitions, as though the very nature of seeking political office or any higher job, for that matter, is not a mission of ambition. Reporting a woman's likability, noting a woman's appearance, question, questioning electability, doubting a woman's leadership ability, and suggesting that women are too emotional or irrational. 
questioning electability is not allowed. <clears throat> New rules for 2020. And they're sending these to news desks and to editors. And you know what? Editors will listen to it. And they're afraid. They don't want any trouble. They don't want any trouble from Valerie Jarrett. Not this year. Not this year. Valerie Jarrett needs to be heard. And they need to listen. You think the people who took over the, the newsroom of the New York Times, the Zillennials who run the place now, are going to do anything but frame this thing and make it law and put it on uh, stone tablets? We feel the letter goes on. We are certain that if you pursue thoughtful conversation internally, you will find even more examples of how these stereotypes can seep into coverage and thereby seep into published public consciousness as voters are seeking to understand those seeking office. The letter said, We believe it is your job to not just pay attention to these stereotypes, but to actively work to be anti-racist and anti-sexist in your coverage. As this political season progresses and this presidential ticket is introduced, as much as you... <coughs> huh. Isn't that interesting? That this year, there are new rules for Democratic vice president uh, candidates. Man, Sarah Palin, what? Just you should have written the letter. Republican women should have just... If Republican women, women had written such a letter, they would have been laughed and castigated and called stupid women for doing it. The media almost literally got together in 2008 and called Sarah Palin a stupid woman who needed to shut up and leave politics. Those were the nice things they said. If you remember that year, what they put her through. Remember lipstick on a pig? Because in 2008, the media still loved Barack Obama more than they loved Hillary Clinton. When Hillary Clinton dared to go out and defend the Second Amendment... Barack Obama went on stage and said, who do you think she is, Annie Oakley? Because any woman who thinks that she has any right to the Second Amendment, any dingbat woman like that must think she's Annie Oakley or something. Guns are for strong men, if anybody. But no, the media was happy to shut up about that one. Now you're on notice, though. You better watch what you do. You better pronounce her name right, too. Don't get that wrong. And if not, it's an attack on her, is, is, the, is the insinuation. So it's starting. Expect more rules. Expect more rules and demands from, uh, the, from the media. And people telling you that this is the new normal. You know, we've just had a revolution here, a cultural re revolution that's been so important and huge. And as part of that revolution, no, 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 a upper-class white people from Wellesley, you weren't done just when you took a knee and did the white power, I'm sorry, black power thing in the town square. You weren't done. Part of the new rules are the way you phrase and refer to this candidate must be in, in keeping with our new doctrine on how we've decided speech is to be, um, speech is to be delivered in 2020. We're the centurions of speech. We make the decisions on all the discord that happens in 2020. These are the new rules. It's not just for newsrooms. It certainly is for newsrooms, but not exclusively. It's for you, too. So craft and sculpture what you post on Facebook as you're signaling your virtue. And you make sure that it complies with our new rules exactly. Because we've got evangelists, these the 
crazy activists in your town who have eventually slithered into, you know, aldermen and city councilor positions, the ones who have slithered into school committees and are changing school logos and getting rid of the names of sachems, etc., they're making other rules for you. And they're not going to be too nice about it either. Watch what happens if you uh, run afoul of those rules. Hmm. So, during Kamala's Kamala. Kamala. Uh, speech today, let's see. Oh, yeah. I'm going to cough. Hold on. It's interesting, by the way, how I only can cough effectively doing what a cough needs to do if the microphone is on. Like, what I just did off mic didn't work. So, so Joe Biden gets up there. He does his normal thing. Very dark, ominous speech, in my opinion, but... Oh, I, I guess uh, Valerie Jarrett's rules and Richard Godstein's rules tell me that I uh, have to love today's speech. By the way, he had several gaffes and mispronunciations of several things, which I didn't steep so low to grab because I figured, who cares? I'm sick of it. We'll just grab the big stuff. But one thing he did during his speech is is something that reinforced in me today that he is as cynical as they come, and if if he is if he is defeated soundly, or badly, or humiliated during this run, then he he gets that he deserves he deserves everything he's getting, because he is a cynical, cynical, dirty politician. There are these on both sides. They're all over Washington D.C. All you have to do is watch the Paul Ryan debates with Biden from 2012 to see it in action. He's a bully, cynical bully. You know, when he said to uh, a black audience that uh, Mitt uh, Romney is going to put you all back in chains, that's a horribly toxic thing to say. You say that to black people, the vice president or the, or the nominee says that to black people, they're going to believe it. You say it to white people, they're going to believe it. It doesn't matter. In, in Politicians are influential, and people believe the things they say. And people, when, when newspapers print that and and uh, and it's on Facebook news feeds and it's all over cable news people will he hear that and say wow Mitt Romney's going to put us back in chains because the vice president wouldn't say it if, if it wasn't true so Biden did something tonight that that totally keeps him as far as I'm concerned and this goes for any cynical politician on both sides and both sides have just cynical swine in both parties in Biden is usually it's the more mediocre politicians that, that have to be this person, but uh, Biden was happy to do it again tonight. Remember how it felt to see a violent clash ensue between those celebrating hate and those standing against it. That's in, he's talking about Charlottesville. He's talking about Charlottesville in that clash where one woman died. Listen to what he says again. Remember how it felt. To see a violent clash ensue between those celebrating hate and those standing against it. So the violent clash that ensued was between idiot racists, white supremacist dudes, the khaki guys or whatever, um, uh, scumbag dirtbags, and Antifa and Black Lives Matter dirtbags. Both were violent in the streets. You know, both were dis ridiculous and dis disgusting. 
But for Biden, just once again, this is part of saying that Trump said there are very fine people on both sides, which is not what he said. But when he talked about that, that was on people on the sides of the arguments about statues. All you have to do is listen to the whole damn thing like I did. It's out there. Listen to the whole damn thing in the context that he's talking about people on both sides. It's all about statues. For Biden to say this, that Trump looked around, saw, according to Biden, it was um, um, Ku Klux Klan, Ku Klux Klan members and white supremacists and and said there were very fine people on both sides. What he just said here. Remember how it felt to see a violent clash ensue between those celebrating hate and those standing against it? That is a poisonous, disgusting thing to say. That is disgusting, vile. And as great as Biden, I've seen him talk to a, a group of young black uh, students and he was good. And he made them all feel great. It was I was just a foot away from men at the at the convention and four years ago. And as charming as he can be as a politician, he this kind of rhetoric damages a society. And one of the reasons why you have anarchy and chaos in the streets is that there are a good number of, of Americans who believe that this president is a Nazi, threatening um, on the in the in the um, based on race threatening an entire race of, of Americans, empowering Nazis and white supremacists. This is a fake narrative. Narrative. There's never been anything to it. It's disgusting. The media is happy to do it. And they've torn apart the society because they're vile. And that's a vile thing uh, that, that Biden said. Just, it's vile. Don't talk to me about Trump raising the temperature in this country. When you've inflamed you know, this racial division... And this, this friction between races just for political points, just to scare people into voting for you and supporting you. It's disgusting. <sighs> now I've gotten dark. <sighs> Hold on, i got to shut off my phone. So, and then Kamala Harris, so I'm going to... I'm not going to, and I don't anyway... I'm not going to hate the other team like the other team hates the Trump team. I'm not going to do it. Kamala Harris, to me, is somebody who's an opportunist. She's an up-and-comer. She's always wanted to be uh, on the uh, ascension politically and, you know, with uh, prestige. That's fine. It's not, there are a lot of people out there. She was a lawyer. You know, a lot of lawyers are... are uh, you know, social climbers and, uh, you know, professional climbers, whatever. So, and I, I have no special, I don't see Kamala Harris and say, oh, geez, no. I mean, I get maybe a little bit of that from, from Liz Warren. But, but she's also feeding into a false narrative. And it, especially now, Especially like with what Biden was saying. Remember how it felt to see a violent clash ensue between those celebrating hate and those standing against it? She also now is rewriting reality and it distorts uh, the existential um, truth of what is 
happening on the streets, and it is not a good thing. We're experiencing a moral reckoning with racism and systemic injustice that has brought a new coalition of conscience to the streets of our country demanding change. Mostly what we're experiencing is total chaos. This is not anywhere near acceptable. And I call upon our state's attorney and- This is Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago, after hundreds of rioters, looters, and criminals ravaged through the emerald of the city, which is the uh, is Michigan Avenue. Our courts to make sure that these individuals who are arrested and those to come are held accountable. Put your best people on this. We have made the case. We have the video. We have the officer testimony. These people need to be held accountable and not cycled through the system. And judges that are holding these, these cases, you need to step up and be responsible. We can't continue to allow this to happen. And as the superintendent said, for people to believe that there is no accountability through our criminal justice system. That's the reality now. That is good Democrat progressive Lori Lightfoot. That's the reality. Kamala's unicorns and tinsel scenario is not the reality. We're experiencing a moral reckoning with racism and systemic injustice that has brought a new coalition of conscience to the streets of our country demanding change. No, the, this uh, this uh, moral uh, recognition coalition of uh, conscience might be happening in woke uh, coastal elite neighborhoods on the pages of Facebook, but on the streets, and Commissioner uh, Brown will tell you about this, on the streets, they're experiencing something very different. We uh, come across a, a, a post on social media that uh, a caravan of cars being prompted to go to our downtown. Uh, to loot. Uh, within 15 minutes, we respond, and almost immediately, the caravan is in our downtown area. So th this is a 15, 30-minute window of intelligence information about potential looting uh, with caravans of cars going downtown, and our uh, response to sending 400-plus uh, officers, and I just want to emphasize, we made 400 arrests, I'm sorry, 100 arrests, uh, of looters uh, for disorderly conduct, battery to officers, and, and theft, uh, along with several officers being injured, several officers being shot at. That sounds a lot different when, than what I just heard on stage about an hour ago. We're experiencing a moral reckoning with racism and systemic injustice that has brought a new coalition of conscience to the streets of our country demanding change. Right. It, the coalition of conscience uh, has also resulted in the bridges being pulled up in Chicago so the rioting, stealing criminal marauders can't get into the city and burn it down. Well done. Oh, by the way, if you don't believe me, you want to hear some of the coalition of conscience? This is Ariel Atkins. She works for Black Lives Matter in Chicago, the same Chicago where uh, they just burned and destroyed Michigan Avenue. Care if somebody decides to loot a Gucci or a Macy's or a Nike, because that makes sure that that person eats. That makes sure that that person has clothes. That's reparations. That is reparations. That is reparations. Anything they want to take, take it, because these businesses have insurance. They're going to ah. get their money back. My people aren't getting anything. Ah, they're getting a lot of stuff for free on Michigan Avenue. There's your coalition of conscience. I care if somebody decides to loot a Gucci 
or a Macy's or a Nike because that makes sure that that person eats. That makes sure that that person has. Is that what's happening? Because I've seen a lot of the footage and it doesn't seem like it's really about food. It seems like it's about getting stuff for free, stealing it, bashing, driving through the storefronts in some cases and grabbing stuff and going. Clothes. That's reparations. That is reparations. Anything they want to take, take it because these businesses have insurance. They're going to get their money back. My people aren't getting anything. And ever since I received Joe's call, we're experiencing a moral reckoning with racism and systemic injustice that has brought a new coalition of conscience to the streets of our country demanding change. The coalition of conscience will be arriving at 3 a.m. on Michigan Avenue in Chicago and maybe in your neighborhood in Philadelphia or Los Angeles and Washington, D.C. or New York City. And they'll be taking stuff. They have decided reparations uh, looks like destroying businesses, beating the crap out of people, injuring, uh, sometimes killing the police, and stealing stuff. So if this is, if this is what the, the, the campaign is doing, if they're going to embrace this stuff, go right ahead. Go right ahead, and we'll see how that works out for you. By the way, this thing, this cut that I played by mistake, and I do this live, so, you know, I'm only human. This is, uh, Kamala gives a shout-out to Biden's only son. And ever since I received Joe's call, I've been thinking, yes, about the first Biden that I really came to know, and that, of course, is Joe's beloved son, one of his beloved sons, Bo. What about the other beloved sons? Anything about them or grandsons? Anyway, so, um... So that the speech, her speech was was fine. It's a speech with no audience there. You know that most of the media already wrote their reviews of the speech before it was over, and they copied and pasted the uh, the advanced copy that the the campaigns gave them. And so they they were done five minutes after the speech was over. Those people filed their stories, and they were all about how wonderful, wonderful watershed moment this was. And this is important because Kamala needs to be heard, or Sir Kamala, come up, Kamala. Camelot. One yes, needs to be heard. And so it's a normal, normal stuff. But here's um was this on CNN? I think no no, this is ABC. Here's George Stephanopoulos. This is great. If you want a good taste, hold on, the loudest uh offspring in the world is making a noise right now. Hanson, can you just be a little quieter because I while I do this? Thanks, buddy. Uh, at least it was happy noises he was making. So it's not, it's better, you know, if you have kids, you know that it's better that you hear noises. And even if they're sad or angry noises, hearing no noise is the bad stuff. That means they're like, you know, writing on the wall with Sharpies or, you know, finding your most precious childhood memory and ripping it into a thousand pieces. I don't know that that would ever happen here. Um, What is it? Oh, yeah, yeah. So here's uh, ABC. <laughs> Get used to this kind of coverage. This is about George Stephanopoulos um, passes to or tosses to Zareen Shah, uh, and she gives her um, she gives her two cents on what she saw with Kamala. Zareen Shah, you've covered Kamala Harris for an awful long time. We learned a little bit more about her today, her background, her parents, her family. Right now, she represents, in many ways, a real-life modern family. 
Yeah, George, she really does. I mean, you could just see it from her events. Right after her Oakland rally, um, her entire family got on stage. She even calls it like a modern family, like the TV show. But on that stage, it was her her husband, um, who of course has a Jewish background, her family, um, a range of backgrounds, black, Southeast Asian, South Asian. Um, she really, there's something for everyone when you see her, and that's why so many people can connect with her. So many uh, young people, so many people of different backgrounds see themselves in her. There's something for everyone, George. She's just awesome. Are we allowed to use that word? She's just awesome. There's something for everyone. Everybody should fall in love with what's happening. What an incredibly diverse background. It's so interesting what's happening. You know, it's not as if she's like the the last president. Do you remember, by the way, the news wrap about uh, President Trump, you know, running here? Nazis running today. It's so incredible. The grandson of German immigrants who has married a woman from Slovenia who came from humble beginnings, who has a daughter who's converted to Judaism. And no. There was none of that. That was not happening. That was not happening. All, you, all the only thing you heard about Vice President Pence is that he was forcing uh, people into like uh, gay therapy camps or something. And that was it. That's all we were, we were allowed to talk about Pence. Trump, Pence, Nazis. That's it. Doesn't matter. Man, but this is going to be... This is going to be interesting to, to watch. It's not going to be interesting. The, the, it was okay when the media was really competent, but biased now they're morons and biased and i will take i i would rather have them be competent and biased and there are some examples of that still i mean there are like jake tapper he's competent he's a huge liberal and he's biased he is tolerable i would say jonathan carl is the same thing he's he's competent he's a huge liberal biased i'm not even i don't have proof that he's a huge liberal i actually love jonathan carl's his work that he does I just, I get the feeling. I'm sorry, Jonathan, if I'm wrong about that. Okay. Um, and um, so that's uh, that's what's going on there. But yeah, the, the, the media, I mean, you know this already. The media stuff is, it's not going to end. There is a bit, a tiny bit of good news out there. Let me see if I can find this. It's got me very excited. Because we don't have good news uh, a whole lot anymore. Where is that? It's a Yahoo thing. Uh, oh, here we go. Tiny bit of good news. Trump administration eases showerhead rules. I like rules being eased. Trump administration wants to change the definition of a showerhead to let more water flow. Addressing a pet peeve of the president who complains he isn't getting wet enough. Publicly talking about the need to keep his hair perfect, President Donald Trump has made increasing water flow and dialing back long-held appliance conservation standards. Uh, From light bulbs to toilets to dishwashers, a personal issue, which is excellent because this dumb tampering, which is totally ineffective on on, on behalf of the environment, is dumb. Since dishwashers started sucking, we've had to do more cycles of dishwashing. Same goes for for, uh, washers and dryers. Publicly talking about the need, okay, but consumer and cons- but consumer and conservation groups said the Department of Energy's proposed loosening of a 28-year-old energy law that includes appliance standards is silly, unnecessary, and wasteful, especially as the West bakes through a historic two-decade-long mega drought. Right, right. 
to make a drought. Was it the Delta smelt that need, needed to be um, needed to be preserved so that we couldn't uh, have uh, water reservoirs because the smelt needed to get back out to the ocean? Since 1992, federal law has dictated that new shower heads shouldn't pour more than 2.5 gallons of water per minute. As the newer shower fixtures uh, came out with multiple nozzles, the Obama administration defined the shower head restrictions to apply to what comes out in total. So if there are four nozzles, no more than 2.5 gallons should come out between all four. Screw you, government. Can you imagine needle-nosed freaking regulators and bureaucrats sitting around a big table with over-controlling Democrats and President Obama feeling like the smartest man in the room saying, no, 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 let them less, less water for them. Yeah, no, no, they're not. The new proposal Wednesday would allow each nozzle to spray as much as 2.5 gallons, not just the overall shower head. With four or five more nozzles, quote, you could have 10, 15 gallons per minute powering out of the showerhead, literally washing you out of the bathroom, said Andrew Delasky, executive director of the Energy Conservation Group, yada, 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 Andrew Screw. On the White House South, South Lawn in July, Trump made the issue personal. Personal. So showerheads, you take a shower, the water doesn't come out. You want to wash your hands, the water doesn't come out. So what do you do? You just stand there longer or you take a longer shower. Because my hair, I don't know about you, but it has to be perfect. Perfect, which is hilarious. But it was probably uh, called a dark speech by the press. I am all for it. Give us our stuff. Shut up. Stop pushing people around. Well, well how are we going to tell them now? Now we've been ordered in the house. But this is the, the reason they feel empowered to tell you to get in your house is because we tolerate crap like this. Stupid uh, regulations. Useless regulations. And they're all over the place. Remember there was a time in the 80s, in like 1989 or 90, suddenly cigarette lighters didn't work. They had a big metal thing in them, and then something else you had to push in them. Because no, 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 you can't just be use fire like that. We have to regulate how this is done. No, 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 no. And they knew so much, and then somebody came to their senses, and now lighters light again. As a matter of fact, let me read to you from uh, an editorial written by somebody in June 2018. That is Tom Shattuck of the Burn Barrel, long before the Burn Barrel. Hold on. i got to take a sip before I read badly. <coughs> Government has many, many ways of affecting our level of happiness. IRS audits and ATF raids are certainly unpleasant thing, unpleasant things, but it's the small stuff that pecks away at our overall sense of contentment. When we spend a summer afternoon in the backyard, we are beset with government home in... Tom? Read the words to the people. When we send... Okay, okay. How dare I give Biden crap for anything? When we spend a summer afternoon in the backyard, we are beset with government home inconveniences. They are everywhere. For instance, what happened to gas cans? Isn't that the question? What happened to gas cans? I'm on my third gas can over a decade now since I've owned a house. And um, none of them can be used. I have to now take off the stupid environmental cover thing or just break it and pour the gas into a funnel, which usually ends up spilling all over the gas uh, tank and then all, uh, I'm sorry, out of the gas tank, all over the lawnmower, uh, all over the grass, into the earth, into the water supply, and screw you, okay? That's you doing that. That's not me doing that. 
at my last house because I had my bleep together so well. We used to run out of uh, home heating oil in the winter all the time because I'm very responsible. So the guy, uh, you know, after the third time coming over, the guy was like, hey, by the way, if this happens, you can just go and get uh, diesel gasoline and just fill it up with diesel and just pour it into the house. So I bought huge yellow gas tanks. And they were like the these are like the ten gallon ones. They were huge, but of course they had the super modern. We can't pour right unless there's pressure on this, and this is turned, this is turned. And these freaking things are heavy as hell, full of gas, and so the nozzle could never pour because it's being poured now into a home heating oil thing from outside the house. So this stuff would I lose six gallons just into the yard per time. If you just gave me something that poured, that would not be a problem. so government decided gas cans could no longer have vents as of 2009 so that was the year everybody it was a measure designed to prevent spillage now it presents the pouring of gas at a reasonable rate incredibly inevitably the victim of the gas can overregulation will pierce the can himself or jerry rig it which i've done uh, in some way to cause more spillage than the cans were before they were spill-free. Until very recently. Uh, until very recently. And this is an interesting little uh, tidbit here. Um, hold on one second. I'm going to play a little bit of music here because I've I've upped my anxiety. When I wake up in oh, the morning, just thinking about the gas cans. It made me actually literally angry. And the sunlight hurts my eyes. Camel. Something without warning love Camel Bears heavy on my mind Camel Then I look at you And the world's alright with me Camel Just uh, one look at you Let him get to the chorus And I right know back. it's gonna be Okay, until recently, the act of getting gas into the can or into the car was also a pain. Massachusetts banned hold-open gas clips at gas stations in the 1970s. Remember that? You could just put the thing on and then leave and go do something? Like, with the wasted moments of your life? And then those all those things were disabled for some reason. And then you had to stand there holding the thing. For years, you'd have to stand there and force the big rubbery nozzle into the tank or can. We were the only state in the country to ban the great nozzles that people in the other 49 states enjoyed. Unbelievably, unbelievably, our government's reasoning for the ban was the risk of the driver setting the clip, sliding back into the front seat, thus picking up a static electricity charge. Then, when you go back to the nozzle and touch the metal... It causes a static electricity thing, ping, and then boom, because of the fumes. And so apparently there was a, people were blowing up and exploding all over the country. Or I'm sorry, since it was just Massachusetts, apparently all over Massachusetts. Because you go slide into the seat, static electricity builds up, you go back out, touch the metal thing like you'd touch your brother with, with a sweater when you, you know, scrub your feet along the rug to try to give him a spark, and then explode. 
And that was a thing. So the government had to be there to make sure that it was a total pain in the ass just for the symbolic effort <coughs> to prevent a crisis that wasn't there. Masks much? <sighs> How often could that have been happening, young Tom Shattuck wrote two years ago? Anyway, we got our hold open gas clips back in 2015 when the government decided to stop hassling us after decades and decades. If there was an apology, we missed it. Maybe we should count our blessings. In New Jersey, it is legal to pump your own gas and has been since 1949 when the great Retail Gasoline Dispensing Safety Act was passed. Thank God for that, right? We were just in drive through New Jersey two years ago, and we were like, you had to wait for the dude to come over. It's like, what are we doing? What year is this? It's 1949 forever because of regulations. All right. Looking to light that citronella candle? It was a lot easier in 1994 when government deemed... Oh, sorry. It was a lot easier before 1994 when government deemed that cigarette lighters be made childproof. Manufacturers had to add an annoying metal strip that seriously hampered the ease and joy of creating a flame. Consumer Product, Product Safety Commission ruled that, quote, all disposable butane lighters and mostly novelty lighters, um, mostly in most novelty lighters, to resist the efforts of 85% of the children to operate them. Apparently, a smart batch of kids did the testing that day. Lighters with the long, flexible heads, which are used for lighting grills and candles, are equipped with annoying child locks. Requiring the, user, requiring the user's hand to execute two disparate motor functions at once. Fire pits are sold everywhere, but in many towns they are not quite legal. Open flames are not allowed in many cases unless there is cooking going on. The result, and this was my last town, the result invariably is that residents of Massachusetts are pretending to be cooking by keeping a prop hot dog around while town officials pretend that they believe it. We are being impressed into backyard theater because big, dumb government insists on being the director of our lives. This is not a bad piece at all, right? Maybe I can find this thing, and I'll put it in the show notes. If, if I'll link to it. I'll put it, maybe it's in my own website. I don't know. Planning on a, a Sunday barbecue? To beat the rush uh, to get to Market Basket, which is a big supermarket here in Massachusetts, early for those brats and steak tips, they open at 7 a.m., You'll have to wait another three hours to pick up any beer, though, because in Massachusetts you can't purchase alcohol till 10 a.m. Why is that? Why does government get to make that decisions? Don't they work for us? Huh? Imagine that when 10 a.m. beer was the issue. Now we're, you're cloistered in your basement. The summer classic of government overreach right here in Bay State, uh, right here in the Bay State, is Massachusetts General Law 148, Section 39, or the Massachusetts Fireworks Law. Though Boston-born... Founding Father John Adams hatched the idea of celebrating each 4th of July with fireworks. It is illegal for private citizens to possess them, to use or possess them. Thankfully, there are seedlings of progress going the other way in New England. New Hampshire, Governor Sununu signed a bill that legalized firecrackers and bottle rockets. In fact, New Hampshire offers all sorts of solutions to Massachusetts restrictions. Wink, wink, get the hint. Implied threat. We're going north over the border. So um, that was interesting that until 2018 you couldn't get, you could get other other firework kind of things in New Hampshire, but not the classics that we all remember, like from the, well, for me, at least from the 70s and 80s with the uh, bottle rockets and the uh, and fireworks. I do remember, I do seem to recall that my editor being uneasy with me promoting fireworks. 
at that uh, time. But, so that was the uh, way of the world. These regulations, maybe after the world, we uh, right the ship here. And, you know, that's a, in Trump's favor. He has deregulated the hell out of many industries. And we like that. Just get the hell away, government. We've seen what you can do, okay? We've seen that that you can castigate us and yell us yell at us for not doing the coronavirus right while your direct orders have caused the deaths of thousands and thousands of people. We've seen how uh, you being so helpful has uh, been so helpful to us. And uh, yeah, no, um, no thanks. We'll uh, we can we'll we'll take a shot at doing it our way. Hey, thank you everybody so much for uh, listening. Do follow me on Twitter at Tom Shattuck. I may or may not be on WRKO tomorrow. I'm not sure. Um, please uh, leave a, a rating, a good rating if you can, and a review if, if you can. If you have the time, if not, I understand, man. There's only so many time units in uh, life. I appreciate y'all listening. See you tomorrow. C'est Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.